Welcome to Inside the Firm, a podcast dedicated to small business owners and hosted by entrepreneurs, Alex Gore and Lance Psycho. Each week, they take you on their journey of how to start, run, and grow a business by bringing you inside their architecture and real estate development firm. Get a behind-the-scenes tour of how these business leaders manage their clients and foster company culture while creating new and innovative projects. And now your host, Alex Gore and Lance Psycho. Welcome to another episode of Inside the Firm. I'm your host, Alex. Loves books, Gore. I'm here with Lance, who Lost also, title. also loves books and documentaries. We'll get into it. We have a great show today. We're going to talk about where the tallest skyscraper in the U.S. might be. Uh, yeah. Architecture building uh, firm budget survey. Interesting. You're this. You're going to love this because Al loves numbers. His middle. He's if he uh-huh. if he was thinking about changing his name, it would be to a number. Probably number three. Number nine. Number nine. So there you go. Multiples of three. Al nine gore. I like it. Oh, that works. That does work, actually. <laughs> HOK will review all the great lessons from here. Pick up the book. Right Pick here. up the book. Designing a world-class architecture firm by Patrick McLeany. And here we go, Lance. Lee. Oh, 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 oh. Speaking of being awesome, improving your life, and being great, and, and making a great firm, thus you have a great life, go to buildabetterco.com. Watch our five steps to increase your profit. Do that. Reach out to me. Build a better co. I can't tell you how happy I am with the whole group, what's happening in there, um, and and how everyone's leveling up. Accurate data is crucial, especially in today's business environment. Outdated and inaccurate data leads to turnarounds, delays, and rising costs. With supply chain and staffing issues, these costs and delays can multiply. That's why a resource like RCAT.com is so important. RCAT works with manufacturers to keep their data up-to-date, accurate, and offers it to you easily accessible and free. Use RCAT's powerful search engine to find what you need and download it right there on their site without needing to pay anything or even register. So try RCAT.com today. That's A-R-C-A-T dot com. All right, we're jumping right into it. Uh, I need to actually start recording my screen here because you're carrying the whole show. I'm carrying the whole show, and not only that, but I have some exciting news out of all places. You're never going to guess out. I don't know if you've seen this in the news. If you're watching on the YouTube, I've got uh, Scripps News pulled up, which I've never even heard of this news source. But the headline is, you'll never guess where the tallest building in the U.S. might be built. It has to be in the plains. It is in the plains, and it says, uh, you know, obviously currently the tallest but in the country is World One Trade Center, which stands 1,776 feet high. Uh, a real estate investment company and architecture firm planned to submit a proposal to create the tallest building in the U.S. and the fifth largest in the world in a city that might surprise you if approved. The skyscraper would measure 1,907 feet, towering above the Oklahoma City skyline. That's right, Oklahoma City, currently the tallest building. Yeah, we already talked about that. Um, That's crazy. So Oklahoma City. Yeah. yeah middle, middle of... <laughs> middle of somewhere not even they aren't even showing like i don't even know if this is close to downtown they're not even showing like the downtown side i love it they're showing like the moving. suburban side yeah, yeah. so here's uh, I, I, it's it's an awesome idea and the reason i'm bringing it up is because i think um with with we've been increasing our architectural library like crazy over at f9 buying buying all kinds of books and watching all kinds of documentaries Kundig. Uh, um, a lot of Kundig, a lot of Foster, a lot yep, of Tadalando, a lot of uh, Calatrava, a um, lot, lot of just the heavy hitters, a lot of heavy hitters, right? Because we're, we're trying to be a heavy hitter, and you got you to gotta learn from the heavy hitters. What the heavy hitters do is they place make, and that's what this would do for Oklahoma City. 
it would place make. Yeah, that's that's the value of like that kind of cultural. And I I would argue it's like it it would be cultural architecture in the sense of it's place making. Yep. Yep. Um, know what this inspires me to want to do, and we're reading another book as a firm, um, the pa- Pattern Language by Christopher Alexander. So Lance, you know how I think you kind of inspired it. We talked about how a residential building should maybe be stacked. Yes. In in hey families families need to be in on the bottom first first floor four floors then you can have the uh, you know thirty to forty year olds without a family and then the penthouses on the top because they have the most money because over time you accumulate the most money. You know where uh, Gold's Gym is and Whole Foods is and there's that empty lot. And I'm like, we need to take that concept. You know, who knows? It'd only be maybe 20, 30 stories. And like that needs to be in Longmont in the Southeast Watch shape right there, cutting through like how our firm isn't making that. No, no. So just I have we're going to bring the fun project back. It's going to happen this year. And I think it happened. I think it should happen this summer once the new once Joe comes and hopefully, hopefully we can hire another person, um, share the grad school, and we do that. Like the fun project has to come back. Yeah. Um, it, we're ready to do it. We yep. need to do it. Yep. Yep. The ideas project or whatever. Uh, okay. But back to business. I've got uh, a LinkedIn poster that I thought I'd share with everybody. I know Al's gonna love it. Is the 2023 architecture firm budget survey results posted by Lucas Gray up here, and he's a director of business development, senior business consultant um so <clears throat> he used to be, used to be a practicing architect and i don't think he does that anymore uh and he works with i thought he used to work with actually let me look here one sec i just want to make sure i got it right get this it's stupid yeah why they think it's a good idea to put that stuff there is he used to work for i swear oh he still does cbg yeah yep. we know who that is um so they're they're all about helping helping architects uh crush it so, yeah, they have a huge database of architecture firms, big, small, little, one, all that stuff. And the survey results, there was one big surprising one. And he actually responded to my comment. Um, and I was, I was, he was like, I'll show you. So first one is uh, marketing and business development. Uh, 1.9% is, uh, and he's, you know, his take is this was a surprising low, surprisingly on the low side. I typically recommend firms invest about 3% on their NOR marketing efforts. I wonder if you're doing some math right now to see what we're spending out <laughs> and if we're spending enough. Based I, I, on I am going to right now. Okay. Uh, insurance, 1.6%. That is actually a lot, I thought. Um, f- if you're going off of revenue, I'm just gonna, I'm gonna pull up some math on my end. Um, times, what'd they say, 0.016? Yeah, that's actually about right, Never mind. But I, but definitely the marketing is low. Now that I've done that math, holy cow, we are spending way more than that. On what? Marketing. Yeah. Where, what did your, your number come up at? I don't know. Oh, we're about 6%. Good. And it's paying off. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It is paying off. Yeah. Uh, we're, yeah. That, uh, NPA is not cheap, but they, man, they are leveling us up. It's amazing. Office expenses, 9.1%. This is for the general expenses to keep the office running, but doesn't include rent. Professional services, 6.3%. Accountants, IT support, legal expenses, and other consultants. I wonder if Penny could run the numbers for us on this. And she could see where how we stack up. That's what we should, what should, we should do. Well, well, here's the thing. When you keep going <laughs> you down. You should do it, builderbetterco.com guy. 
well, did you know I already have some of these? And yes, it's already automatic. <laughs> but 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 no, wages and payroll. Yeah. And it's already in our KPIs and Penny's already updating us. And you already have it, some of this then for yep. sure. And then you have the link. So yeah. every month she'll say, hey, it's updated and we can just go look. Okay. Yep. Build a better business. Build a better, build a better co.com. <laughs> Al, yeah, Al's, Al's streamlining it, man. I'm telling you. I'm telling you. Uh, he's working with folks that are just a one-person firm, up to uh, like twelve, something like that. Yeah. Like a nice, uh, a nice, then, a nice bandwidth of it. So, yep, it used to have a thirty-person firm. So like we, I'd say above fifty, we haven't gotten. But uh, in that sweet spot of of honestly three to nine with one person two, three to like fifteen. And according to there. the HOK book, I still think it's true. The average size firm is eight, eight okay. people. Uh, okay. <clears throat> Let's see. Where were we at here? Uh, professional service. Rent and maintenance, 4.7%. General advice is to keep your firm's rent and maintenance cost to under 6%. Okay. Good to know. Ours is easily under that. Yeah, I would think so. Yeah. Yeah. And, and why? Because we took the risk, which gave us more responsibility, which then gave us more reward to design and build our own offices. Hopefully we end up doing that in Denver too. And then we keep it down as well. Um, and then... What that allows you to do is spend more money on marketing to get better clients. There you go. There you go. It all kind of filters in, right? Uh, wages, 51.7%. This makes sense. Uh, he says, I expanded upon this in an earlier post, but ideal wages should be less than 50% for highly profitable firms. Interesting. That's his take, Al. I'm interested to see how it uh, contrasts. Uh, payroll burden, 9%. These are the other things related to employing people, things like payroll, taxes, healthcare, 401k contributions, et cetera. You want to say something? No, it, it, he, it's right in line. Uh, Is it? Four, yeah. Okay. Um, some firms say a little bit higher, but but if you're at 60%, which is 51 plus 9, that's right on there. Oh, right on when the you dot. include all the, yeah. Yeah, when you include all that stuff. Taxes and everything. It makes sense. Yeah. Uh, this one is the one I was surprised about. Net income EBITDA or profit, 15.3%. I'd love to see this inch closer to 20% on average for architecture firms, he says. This should be the goal you are all working towards. I agree. You should be 20% is really where you need to be. It's a, And especially if you can start uh, putting some money away in, in certain ways, uh, like at the end of the year, uh, I, I think I think Al's getting some feedback that there's folks, that's not the norm, uh, actually having a, a, backlo uh, a backlog of work ready for the next year and on the top of that having enough cash flow so you're not panicking come January 1st. It sounds like this is a this is a major problem. Yeah, and, and the first thing to do in, in that when you're raking up your profit is to get then that safety net of three months income, two and a half months income. Uh, it just that that cash in there just makes life so much smoother. Yeah. And, it, and, and it, it makes it it makes it so that you're playing the game right so that you're playing the rules right. Still, in a year that was a bit shaky economically, this is a healthy profit margin on average across firms that range from as small as three people to up to 60. And what I said is, I said, surprise, uh, Lance Psycho, easy, enjoyable, says, surprise at 15%. Lucas Gray, he, himmer, says, Lance Psycho, would you expect it to be lower? And then I said, 100%, and traditionally it is usually 13%, isn't it? Yes, yes. Yeah. And, and with that 2%, 
because 13%, like, they might just be measuring it slightly different. Mm -hmm. So, it, um, but it has historically been 13%, 12.9, uh, things like that. So, um, 15 is, is great. But for, for, all you, for all you listeners who are, you know, we have a lot of students that actually listen to this uh, podcast because they're, they want to know the inside workings of a firm. They want to, you know, we're open, we're open. Um, we're easy and enjoyable here. And so like we're part of this is just us getting, getting it out there. Here's how it works. Here's, and there's a lot of data that we talk about on the show. Um, but then for people who are just starting hacker, this is for you, right? Numbers. Like you're, you're trying to, you, everybody wants to understand what, like, what am I supposed to be making per year? So right there, if you're in the 13 to 50% rates, great. You, you've achieved, you've achieved the, the base average, yep. average. And you, but you want to be aiming for that twenty to thirty percent. Yep. Uh, work on that. Go to RevitRocketShip.com. Level yourself up in that way. Go to BuildABetterCo.com. You're not. You're not. You won't get there if you're not considering stuff like that. Yeah. And then obviously listen to this show. Um, okay. The uh, that's also Lucas Gray that I have. Okay. I have a shout out. Um, so we got an amazing shout out uh, two days ago from Matt Forget. I hope I'm pronouncing that right, and it's not French like Forget. It's forget. Matt, forget. That is a really interesting name, Matt. I love it so much. Thank you for being a listener on the show. Uh, he says, well, our favorite podcast, this one goes out to all architects budding or fully seasoned. And to those dream who, who dream of one day starting their own firm, building their own empire, and breaking through any barrier that comes our way, these podcasts have been a motivation in our daily practice to continue pushing boundaries in our work. Awesome. I, I hope, Matt, I hope you are thinking about becoming an architect builder. That's the ultimate level up. And then actually the ultimate one is developer. You do wear all three, you murder, you crush it, um, you, the risk reward, all that good stuff. These podcasts have been, oh yeah, let, let, leave your podcast recommendations below, he says. Gives us some hashtags. And uh, here's their, f their five favorite architecture podcasts. Matt is the co-owner of Five at Five Architecture. Entree Architect, Mark Page, of course. Uh, the Rich Webster Show. The Rich Webster Show is an unfiltered look behind the scenes of how Rich Webster runs his businesses. Uh, business Movers with Lindsey Graham. Not the not the senator. Thank no, God. That would be a little uh, <laughs> And Inside the Firm with Al Gore and Lance Psycho. Uh, and then Life of an Architect. Wow. Really honored to be uh, listed among those five, Matt. Appreciate, appreciate the shout out for that, buddy. And uh, keep listening. Keep sharing. Love it. Thank you very much. Made my day. Uh, the next thing I have to talk about and share is HOK. Back to the HOK book, Seven Ways to Design a World-Class Firm. We're now on at the end of Chapter 4. So I've got uh, a few here. One's, one that actually led to the title of today's show, which is Praise Good Work Publicly, Deal with Problems Privately. Mm -hmm. The I think everybody understands the last part very simply. Duh, deal with problems privately. Like Nobody likes to be scolded publicly. But the praise good work publicly is the big one to bring to the forefront for me. Um, so number one, encourage collaboration inside as the best way to compete outside. So your team, right? Have your team, your team needs to be team oriented and know that like the enemy is outside there. It's not, it's not internal. Respect your employees and they will return the favor. Set egos aside to seek out the very best ideas and solutions no matter who they come from. Number four, develop your own form of considerate communication. I, I've been really trying to do a lot of please and thank yous with everybody. Hey, can you please look at this? I didn't do it this morning. What I should have told Al when he sent me the sideways video. When Al sent me the sideways video this morning, I should have said, uh, 
I should have said, uh, well, first of all, we were talking about like a, a check. I should yeah. should have said, please do not cash cash it then, and please and put it on at Gresh's desk. Oh, I did say, screw it. Never mind, I did add it. And please turn your phone sideways when filming. Now okay. I want to die. Okay, Thank wait. Uh, <laughs> hey, which way is sideways? What's that? Which way is sideways? This, this way. So it was that way. We're going to look at his phone, and we're going to do some forensics. Which way is this? This is sideways. Y- you, film, you filmed vertically. What you didn't do is, here's what happens. Look at this. Here's your video, right? Okay, look up top. See that? Yeah. Before you hit film, you need to do that. That's, yeah. what, that's what, nope. I am a professional fisherman <laughs> who does videography, and then I, I do all the video for this show. I know what I'm talking about. Please don't argue well. Thank you. Dude, this, is, this is the issue, is that you are assuming you're right. <laughs> but but I, I guess what I should have said is I should have said, I, if you are going to boomer film on your iPhone and you insist that it's, it's turned sideways but it's not, then just please make sure you go to edit edit the video real quick and just turn it turn it the right way so I'm not having to turn I'm not having to do this. I I, I do want to see how that uh, I just filmed sideways. Everyone could see uh, on the thing and sent it to you. So I want to see if it comes the same way or not. Okay, okay. that one worked. But but I I guarantee there's no what. Difference. Then maybe it was me. Yeah. Then maybe it was me. Okay. <laughs> Look at that criticizing publicly. I'm okay with it. We dealt with the problem publicly. <laughs> Don't do that. That's a lesson for you. Don't yeah. deal with this. This is inside the firm. Now you see. And again, hey, this was demonstration purposes. We I did this on purpose. Exactly. And I think that uh, I'm just gonna, you know, if I may, if I may praise some more good work publicly. I believe this is the fourth episode I've done this now in a row. Thank you, Joe Biden, for crushing it with the oil production. Good job again. You're killing. And, and Mayor Pete. And Mayor Pete. Mayor Pete. I got in. My last flight back from Fargo, I got in 45 minutes before we were supposed to be there. Air travel is suddenly pleasurable again. Would, uh, mayor Pete is the mayor of what city? Mayor Pete is the Secretary of Transportation appointed by Joe oh, Biden because I know he. You're talking about yes, yeah, yes. Good job, Biden administration. You heard it here. Lance loves Biden. Oh my God. <laughs> uh, let's see. Praise. Okay, yeah. Praise work publicly deal with problems privately i i have uh the again i think that the deal with problems privately should be very obvious to anybody in a leadership position the praise work publicly though is the meat and potatoes of the whole thing like it's kind of like uh it's weird like i do think there's also weight to both of them because like you could ruin a whole relationship if you dealt with a problem publicly right one time and at the same time the praise good work publicly is not going to save a relationship by doing it one time. It needs to, ha- it's like constant. It's yep. like as much as you possibly can. Does yep. that make sense? What I'm trying to say with the weight? Yes. And there's, there's just a caveat because there's nuance to everything. And this is what you'll learn when you're growing or making a firm is there's so much nuance to this that you blanket rules only get you so far. So the problems deal with problems par- privately. I think that's like, let's say I have like a, a personal problem with you that I have to deal with, right? Yeah. I'm going to deal with it privately. But part of creating a good firm is literally opening up problems so that people can learn from that. And part of our lean meetings mm. is, hey, what is a problem that you had? And normally it's a problem with the city. It's a problem with code. It's a problem with un- trying to understand something. 
Um, it might be a problem with the way that you communicate, like with me or, or something like that. Yeah. And then that way you can let it out in the open and you can iterate faster and you can actually solve problems so that you aren't stuck at a level. You aren't, you know, there isn't this glass ceiling ab ab above you. Yeah. So just know that there's that little nuance in there. Yeah. And, and if you can provide a, I like that I always brought that up about our lean because it's sort of like a neutral public forum. Yeah. To bring it up. Uh, let's see. Take good, number six. Take good care of your employees, and they will take good care of your clients. Yep, you gotta do what you can to pay as much as possible, as be as flexible, uh, listen, you know, all all that stuff. Number seven. Tell and retell the stories of your own firm to share your values and pull people together. Nice, nice. We do that often. Mm -hmm. I feel like I mean, obviously this show, but I'm saying like with staff. I love telling those kind of stories about old clients that were this, that, and the other. That we yeah. have that experience. Super yeah. important. Yeah. Um, very cool. Well, I have a Al. I have a very uh, special guest. Believe it or wow. not. Wow. Wow. That is, um, you know, joining us. Um, I all the way from Japan. Hmm. Maybe he's there. Actually, I don't know. Is he? Is he still alive? I was just looking it up. It says he's eighty-two years old. Okay, good. He's alive. <laughs> yep. Uh, Zaha is not. Yeah. Uh, and that was, yeah. Anyway, what we have is we have uh, Tadao Ando is joining us, and he's got some insight. In the contractor, the contractor architect relationship. So I've been watching a bunch of documentaries on architects on the Amazon Prime. I highly recommend uh, everybody watch uh, "How Much Does Your Building Weigh" by Norman Foster, and then I uh, would watch uh, Tadao Ando's uh, movie, and it's the one that has the most ratings and is most popular. That one, I, there's three of them on there actually, and then the third one is Zaha Hadid. Really, really like just. Well, the best part about Tadao, which I, want, I think we're going to, I saw you put a bullet point in there, is, is about with students, is that, like, I don't know if you remember this, but, like, he's not formally trained. You know this, right? No, I don't remember that. Oh, my God, you got to watch it. Yeah. He's like, I don't, you can't even do what he's, what he's, I don't even know if you can do what he, how he became an architect more, and that's sad, actually. Like, he went through a pure apprenticeship, had no formal training whatsoever. All he did was draw, 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 draw. And he's like one of the best architects of all well, time. Well, you want to know what's so funny? I've been interviewing the NCAR presidents and stuff like that. I have them on. And one of them was the same way. Didn't go to the college. And I mean, he's probably 50-something. Still. And, but, but, but this is what they're, tr they're trying to bring that back. Oh, More pathways to becoming an architect. Like that's one of their goals. Because More that's pathways. Yeah, and it's essentially, it's essentially how Norman Foster started too. Because he came from such a such a lower middle class background, yeah. That he had to like what he, he the way he starts out his film is he talks about uh, he, un, he what he he knew that what the end goal was like that's it's so critical every time like what is the end goal in mind, and and he knew that the end goal was I have to have a portfolio, and he literally says this in the movie he goes like well how do I have a portfolio, and he's like oh I just got to draw, so he would just draw everything he would just constantly freaking draw. And then he went to an architect's office one day, no formal, no formal training, no schooling. And he goes, and the architect, uh, he said, I want to be an architect. And the architect's like, well, I need to see your portfolio. And, the, and, and where do you go to school? And they, he's like, I don't go to school. And he's like, well, how do you have a portfolio? He goes, I have a portfolio. Yeah. Went back home next day, showed him his portfolio, hired. And that was the kickoff. Anyway, so I, I just love that. Like, So like, if you're in school, the whole point of what I'm going to get at eventually here is, if you're in school, what is your excuse? Jeez, like you're spoiled technically. Yeah, because um, you're forced to make a portfolio. Yeah, so I've been, this is from the Tadao movie, and I, I love this quote that he had, and I'll read it because it doesn't 
it's it's in Japanese, um, but you'll see it on the YouTube. Okay. So what he says is, all building contractors conceive the desire for good architecture. Without this desire, there is no arch- no good architecture can emerge. So I wanted to... All contractors... Not... Okay. And I can read it again. I don't think all contractors. I think what makes a great project... I'm glad you brought the nuance in. Yep. That it, absolute language is just... Is the client has to have that desire. Oh, the man. architect has to have the desire then the contractor has to have that desire. It's a triangle. If you're not aligned, it's not going to be authentic, beautiful building. Yeah. Because the contractor can can bastardize it just by, let's substitute this material, let's advise them that this is the way to go, blah, blah, blah. Exactly. It's got to be a triangle. That's our best projects are the ones where they have where's a triangle every time. And, yeah. and a, a big push comes from the owners. A big, like, I need you, it's a tricky situation where it's like, you need to, I need you to trust me, owner, and at the same time, I need you to push me. So you got to trust me with I'm leading the whole thing. But then you push me and push us and tweak us from mm-hmm. there. And then, the, and then the contractor has to respect what we're trying to do. And we also have to respect what they're trying to do and have empathy for them in the field. Um, and, but that's the relationship. But yeah, I don't think it's all. I don't think it's all. I'm glad. That's what I was hoping you'd pull out. Yep. It's only some. So uh, what does this have to do with teaching, reaching these so, kids. Here, if you are also somebody who teaches at the universities, okay, or if you are a student listening to this, this this message is for you. Uh, I am also on Instagram. I am also on the Twitter. I am not on satanic TikTok, but I do understand, I do understand these mediums and all of that. I used to run a very large social media page. I used to have like millions of people in my pocket, right? So I, I get it. I get it. I have a YouTube channel, all that stuff. I make media. But you're doing yourself a disservice if if you're a te- if you're a teacher and you aren't recognizing what I'm about to say, and if you're a student and you aren't you aren't doing what I think you need to do, which is like these Instagram reels, these TikTok reels, these Facebook reels, posts in that posts on those social media platforms that relate to architecture are doing you a disservice. They're not. They're only giving you like thirty seconds. They're giving you like fifteen seconds. And what they're not showing is, and it became so obvious to me in this last, this week, this current week with my students up in North Dakota State was, I I had to explain to them. I go, <clears throat> they kept asking me like, what do you want to see in the floor plans? I go, you know, do you want to see furniture? And I go, sure. I didn't give them a yes. And I go, I'm giving you a sure because this is a. I'm not sure why you're asking me this question as a junior student in an architecture school are you guys not and then i would ask all of them are you guys not going to arc daily every morning are you guys not opening up architecture books in the library and looking at how these kind of architects are displaying their work online and how they're explaining in a pre they're because they're not construction documents no you know that's not what we're producing in school we're producing presentation style architectural graphics right yep and the feedback was well i go to instagram i go to facebook i go like verbatim i'm just repeating what they're saying right oh i see so yesterday i got a little i got a little testy and i i had about 10 minutes in between meetings and i went to a coffee shop got a cup of coffee and i made a little lecture for them and i thought i was giving them the benefit of the doubt and i was like well maybe arc daily quit putting up presentation style architecture floor plans Maybe they quit doing that. Sure. I don't know. Sure. Nope. First three projects. Perfect architectural 
Yeah. Are you looking at? Yeah, it? yeah. There's exactly. there's a bed in there. There's a there's a there's furniture. There's a bed. There's a key plans, and I showed them the differences between a couple of them. You know, like like you don't like I'm not no one. None of these, none of, if you're aiming for that kind of level of professionalism, that's where it's at. So, so if you are, so the other thing is then the books. You, it, it's, in this day and age, it's not, you pick one or the other, meaning like, I don't think you should not watch the Instagram reels either. Fine. Watch the Instagram reels. Yep. Do, do that stuff. Do, do all that stuff. You just have to do more now. I, yep. I'm sorry. You don't have a choice. Now you, now you have to go to arcdaily.com. I, I used to do it every single morning. At when I was in when I was in school, every single morning I would go look at the new ones that I hadn't seen yesterday. Yep, that was Absolutely. my habit. I know, I, I, yeah, you yep. and everybody did. And then I would go to the library and I would open up the big Norman Foster books or whoever else, and I would just page through and page through and page through. It'd be kind of like be my break from from design. Oh, a hundred percent, hundred percent. I think I think this could be taken two ways, and to explore all options will kind of illuminate things. Like you could ask, and you should ask yourself. It, is this coming from me, meaning yourself, self-reflection? Uh, uh, <clears throat> am I being, am I so stringent in the way that I want stuff that kids are now asking, hey, does he want this or does he want this? Because he's very deliberate in saying, yeah. I want, you know, like, give me this, give me this. But he didn't say that. So now I need to ask, right? Because they're trying to see, because if you don't give them what what you want, then you're telling yeah. them and being critical and honestly, of them. That's why half of it's on me and other teachers. Yeah. But, but let's just say that that's true. Yeah. Right. I still had advice for a student because you can't control all of your teachers. Here's the advice for, for a student, because I remember being sort of in that same boat too. When you go look at this, when you spend time, when you do stuff, when you do stuff that your teacher doesn't want or different than you want, the way you get away with it is you are undeniable. Thank you. Yes. You. That's what. So like. I don't give hey, a shit as long as you're undeniable. Exactly. Damn so like. Straight. It, Damn it, straight. That's how you shut your teacher up. Murdering. Because what? What if they're like, oh, you forgot this one thing? Let's say section perspective, because I, because I, you know, hear stuff and they forget it. They, they just don't do it. Yeah. And I know you've been telling them to do yeah, it. Yeah, you've heard. But me. their project is undeniable. Like, you would just shut your mouth and be like. Yeah, I know you didn't do that. It might have helped, but but I can see you really focused on the design Especially, and you nailed it, yes. and and the floor and everything makes sense. So that, that's really your answer. It's be good. undeniable. Very good. Love it. All right, that's gonna do it for this week. If you like this episode, you watch on YouTube, like, subscribe, leave us a positive comment, share 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 that we're the top five uh, uh, podcast uh, architecture podcast on LinkedIn. We love that kind of stuff. And uh, if you're listening terrestrially, leave us a five star review on iTunes. We'll see you next week.